Welcome to the next episode of Humans of SDU, podcast that discovers your stories. We introduce people who have two things in common. They are from the University of Southern Denmark and have interesting stories to tell. If you have been listening to the previous episodes, you already met Espen and Simon. Today, we want to introduce you to, to Linda, a student of medicine who also works at a senior home. She will talk about her experience with working with the elderly and her positive outlook on themes in life, even prejudice. Your today's host will be me, Mishka, and Anna. Join us for a talk with Linda. Welcome, Linda. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> Linda, let me start very with a question because uh, me and Linda, we live at the same place, so we had the chance to talk before. Yeah. And like just to make sure when you come, I would like to ask you, are you wearing your bomb belt today? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh not today. <laughs> not today. <laughs> oh, but... I might have considered, but... <laughs> Could you please tell that story? I found that really amazing. Yeah, I think it's... Some people might find it weird that we start out by saying that, but um, that's actually something I've heard a lot, uh, believe it or not, and said in a more funny way and also said in a serious matter. Because I, uh, I was born and raised here in Denmark, but my parents are uh, originally from Syria. And they came to Denmark for like, I think from 35 years ago or something to study here. And yeah, they had me here. So I do have another cultural uh, background and I do wear the, I'm a Muslim, so I do wear the hijab. And people somehow think that that means that you like to bomb people and that you are a terrorist. Um, and as you also said, I do work in a, in a senior home and some people do have these preconceptions uh, that a Muslim girl must be wearing a bomb belt and must be uh, dangerous. So yeah, I hear that quite often. <laughs> so was it an old grandpa who told you that? Yeah, it was about? an old man. I, it was one of the first days that I, of work. I was, I was just uh, started and I was really nervous because it is, you know... It was new for me. I have never tried anything like it before. And when I came in, it was one of the first things he asked me. Are you wearing a bomb belt? And I was like, no, sir, I'm not wearing it. And he was very serious. And I could see that he actually believed that I might be wearing one. So I thought the only way that he get more comfortable and then I get more comfortable so I him is that I make a little joke. So I was like, no, but I did consider it. And then he started laughing, you know, and after that it just went very natural when I had to help him. It sounds like yeah. a good icebreaker. Yeah. <laughs> so how come you decided to work in a, in a senior home? Um, well, I do study medicine and hopefully I'm becoming a doctor one day and as a doctor you are going to work with with people of all kinds, all ages, and they all have their stories. And I'm still in the very beginning of my education, so there is a long time before I go out and meet patients and get to work with these people. So I thought, okay, I need some experience. I need to see a little bit in, in real life and touch the things that I'm going to work with in, in the end. So that's why I chose to work at a, as a senior home, because I wanted some experience. 
How does it feel being so young among all the old people there? It feels, it can be a bit weird at times because they, they're used to more, I'm, I'm not going to say elderly women that works there, <laughs> no offense, but they are a bit older and they feel more comfortable when an older woman walks in or older guy walks in. So when you are a young girl and you do look a little bit different and as I am, you know, wearing the headscarf, they do feel a little bit uncomfortable and they don't believe that you can do it as well as the older woman. So they do get a little bit uncomfortable and do look an extra, extra give you an extra look or even tell me you look very young. But some do believe that I'm 40, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I look that young to them. <laughs> Uh, so what is the most challenging part about that job? What the it makes it difficult? Because I believe it's not really easy. Yeah, I think it, you f often forget that there are real people, that they can have a bad day as we can, that they don't want to wake up sometimes, that they can be sad, that they can feel lonely. And, you know, you have a time limit, you have a plan, you need to get them up to bed, get them some new clothes, get them to eat, get them out. And sometimes they don't want to. They just want to be laying in bed. And you you forget that, you know, you have to be patient. You have to find other ways to get them up. And that they are real humans. And I think sometimes you read in books and you read on the internet how to, to do it. But it is something else when you experience and when you get hands-on with the job. So I think it can be challenging to to remember that they are real humans and... There are, they also have boundaries and it is hard for them when a young girl that they don't know comes in and has to see them without clothes on and have to give them, you know, more, what's it called? Um, have to give them a diaper on and have to see, they also have their boundaries and that can be hard for me. How do I make it the most comfortable experience for them? Because they are humans like we are and, and they have their... Uh, boundaries so would you say that the job is more emotionally challenging um yeah more emotionally challenging definitely uh, a lot of people told me that it is a physically hard job and you have to work a lot and watch out uh, your back will get uh, you will hurt your back and so on and so on but for me i find it more challenging emotionally um because i also know that they can have a bad day and they just need someone to sit there and talk with them But I don't always have the time to sit and talk with them and to hear their stories. I don't have the time. And I do feel bad because I'm like, yeah, I got them to eat. I got some new clothes on them. But that doesn't make their day better. That's just basic stuff. Uh, and I do feel guilty sometimes that I'm not doing enough uh, and I'm not helping them enough to have to have a great day. Um, It sounds like you can get pretty close with yeah. some of them yeah. when, you, when you especially try to consider them as, as, as human yeah. beings. Yeah. Um, are you prepared? Are you mentally preparing yourself for the eventuality that some of them may not be there one day? Yeah. For me, you know, death for me, I think, is a big taboo. I don't like to think about it. And I know as a dog that I will experience a lot of death, but I wasn't ready when when I first started there that I wasn't I hadn't really thought about that somebody might pass away and it happened actually pretty early on um, I had a very good there was an old guy that I used to help sometimes and 
he became, became very close and we would talk a lot and he would tell me a lot about his life and yeah I just thought we had a very good bond even though we were so different we connected on so many ways and then I come to work after a couple of weeks and I get told that he has sadly passed away and that just hit me like whoa I I was you know so shocked and so surprised and I didn't really think about that, you know, they are elderly people, they might pass away today, tomorrow, in a year. You don't really think about it. So it just came like a shock for me. And I remember I had to go to the bathroom and just cry because I really, I was so surprised. It really hit me. Uh, despite the fact that, despite all these difficulties, so yeah. what is it that makes you going in such a job? I think I'm passionate about working with people. I, I love doing it and I love to make a difference. And for me, it's very rewarding to see them smiling if you are going to somebody who's very grumpy that morning and you just make them smile a little bit or just make them laugh a little bit. You feel like, whoa, I'm, I did make a difference for this guy or this woman. Or when they take your hand and say, thank you for the help, and you see that they appreciate what you're doing for them, then it's just worth all of the emotionally and physical drain and soul that the... That this work takes on you so i feel like it it's my way of making a a difference it's not about the money only it's of course nice that i get to to have some extra money as a student but really it is about making a a difference for me so you said you like to make people in the home laugh mm. that you like to make them feel comfortable yeah uh would you have any examples how you do that yeah sure you mean it's different sometimes you know some of them doesn't like to talk at all so what i do is that i dance with them a little bit even though i'm a terrible <laughs> dancer i just take their hands and make them dance or make them sing and you know i know a lot of songs that old people like so I make them like sing some songs or joke a lot and tell them if i know for instance that i used to play football then like come on you used to play football where are your good legs come on wake up you have to wake up and you can do it sometimes like oh i'm so tired my legs hurts i'm like what didn't you used to be an old football player you know <laughs> do something and then they they actually get they start to laugh and then they want to get out of bed i i like to make them laugh a lot and make them happy and and do the best that i can and i joke with myself a lot for instance One time I had to help an older man shower and we were running out of these like white uh, washcloths mm -hmm. and I wear a headscarf and my headscarf is white. So I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I have to run into the other room and get some washcloths. And then he's like, can you just use the one that you have on your head? <laughs> and I'm looking at him like, is that where they went what he's talking about like on my head he's like yeah on your head <laughs> and i'm so confused and you know i'm like on my head what are you talking about like you are wearing a washcloth he's not telling me and i'm like oh this yeah i don't think i'm gonna use this today i'm sorry you know he didn't know that it was actually my head scuff so it's like we can just use this I'm like oh yeah i don't think you want me to use this on you <laughs> And it was so, you know, instead of getting offended or getting a bit like, okay, are you calling my headscarf a washcloth? Yes. I just made a joke I'm like, oh, I don't think you want this. Uh, I don't think we're gonna use this. So uh, <laughs> he was great. so confused. He really thought that it was, you know, a washcloth. And some people told me afterwards, like, didn't you feel like it was 
a bit racist of him to say so. And why didn't you react and tell him that this is not okay and this is not the way to speak about other people's religious things? And I, I was like, no, I'm just gonna joke my way out of it, you know? Uh, I'm not gonna get offended. Um, so yeah, that's how I made it less awkward. <laughs> it's great that you choose humor. Yeah. Do you have any other funny stories like this? Yeah, there is, you know... Um, okay, I don't know if it is too out of the line... But uh, one time... <laughs> We can try. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if it's too out of the line. It's not really fun. It's more awkward for me. But I was sitting uh, around the dinner table. And that night, someone had sad, uh, sadly passed away. And then they're bringing the casket uh, for the person that have, uh, you know, passed away. And, you know, the older people, they have dementia. They don't really know what it is. And then some they see the this person carrying the casket... Uh, across the room and then uh, this older man he's like so what is this uh, what happened and I'm like okay I'm not gonna tell him that somebody died and it just recently happened and so he doesn't get scared so I was like oh oh it's it's just my bed it's it's just my bed <laughs> it's, it's just for me it's nothing don't worry and he's like oh okay yes okay and then afterwards another woman came in and I have forgotten about the casket And then she was like, "Oh my God, is this for me? Is this for me?" And I hadn't, I wasn't, I didn't know what she was talking about. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, sure." And then my other colleague looked at me and was like, "Are you even noticing what you were saying? You just <laughs> told her, yes, this is for you. This casket is for you.'" So I looked. I was like, "No, no, sorry, this is not for you. This is definitely not for you. You're still young. You have a lot of time to go." And I was like, whoa, she got so scared. Like, what is she talking about? I was just like, yeah, yeah, sure. It is for you. It is for you. Definitely. <laughs> and then my colleague looked and was like, uh, I, I don't think this is for her. Did you just notice what you said? So even though sometimes you don't have to be, sometimes you have to be careful <laughs> and not always just be like, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> so did you explain her after? Yeah. I was like, oh, sadly, someone passed away and this is a casket for them and And she's like, oh, oh, okay. It's just because you told that it was for me. I was like, yeah, I, I did. Sorry. <laughs> a little bit of blood humor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I think there isn't like a rule about that you don't talk about death at an elderly home. So I definitely crossed that line. <laughs> it's not only them that, uh, it's not only the, the older people that crosses lines. I do too, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> But does it work? It seems like it works. That it yeah, makes it must feel nice. Yeah, it works. I think they feel more comfortable and less like that we are just here to do our work like robots. I think it makes us more human and we make mistakes and we cross the line as well as say some things that we shouldn't say. So we all make mistakes. And is this particularly the job you would like to do in the future? Or would you like to go a bit different direction? Yeah, I... as Well, when, when I become, hopefully, a doctor one day, I am going to work with patients of all ages. But I'm not... You can, you know, become a doctor and only work with elderly people. That's not the way that I'm going. I'm more in... I'm really interested in, like, the cancer area. So I would like to become something in, uh, in the cancer area. That's the way I'm going. But I feel like this job has made me more ready to deal with, with different people who have different stories, different needs... And that what you read in the textbook and what you learn at the lectures is not always something you can use in real life. 
because they are just made up stories and theories, but they don't always you you cannot always use them in real life. It's mm. um, it's different. Everybody is different. Yeah. If there is some other medical student that is considering this kind of job, yeah, what do you think is the most important thing he or she should be prepared for? Mm. I feel like forget some people think that they are on a high pedestal because they study medicine and they are top of the top. And I feel like forget that because you are not better than anybody else and you might end up being there one day yourself. So I feel like come there and just be a human and just be on the same level as them. And I feel like if you have higher thoughts of yourself and feel like you are better and you just have to do it by the textbook, then I think you have chosen the wrong career because as a doctor, as a medical student, you are a human first and then a doctor. That's what I believe makes a good doctor. That's a very good point, I think. (laughs) But getting back to the story, it mentions also another important aspect of your life and that is your religion as yeah. you already mentioned yeah uh you're a muslim you wear a hijab yeah and i would like to ask you if this happens like this happens often to you mm. if like people encounter you in a similar way like the this old man in mm. a senior mm. home did mm. does it happen often that you have to challenge that Yeah, it happens often. Not only when I go to work in the senior home. It can happen when I'm in the supermarket. I have before experienced that people have called me terrorist or if there was a lot of terror attacks in Denmark at what point. And after that, I have experienced people pushing me in the supermarket or if I was in the train, people would come up to me and be like, don't wear this. And in Denmark, we don't wear the hijab. And even I've even experienced my own teachers having some preconceptions about me wearing the hijab. And I always felt like I had to work extra hard and I had to show them that I, even though I wear the hijab, it doesn't mean that I am limiting myself or that I'm some secret terrorist or then I'm, because I'm a woman with the hijab that somebody told me you must wear this or I don't have my rights. I can still be a free woman and wear my, my hijab doesn't, one doesn't just because you wear the hijab doesn't mean you can be a free woman and have your own voice so i feel like i have to fight extra much and do extra much to to prove that sadly um i can only imagine it must be hard sometimes uh you mentioned that for example with with a senior man uh mm. you reacted with humor yeah but i i, I don't think it's always possible mm. how do you usually try to react i it's hard because I like to use humor as a good pathway or as a good icebreaker. That's my natural way because I do also feel uncomfortable when somebody, you know, comments, uh, says such comments. So I don't feel like, I don't have the need to to lecture them and to be like, okay, let me read you this, this chapter of the Quran that will prove what you are saying is wrong. Or I don't feel like I have to defend myself because I know deep down inside who I am and I know that what they are saying is not true. So I have just given up. Beforehand, I would get very offended and be like, listen, this and that, and did you know, and blah, blah, blah. But now I'm just, I just take it with humor or just ignore it because I also, I'm tired of having to defend myself all the time. That doesn't mean that if somebody is curious and wants a dialogue that I'm, 
I don't want to do it. But if somebody is very stubborn and has such comments, I just try to brush it off with a bit of humor. I find it more, I find it that that's the best way for me. Does it happen often that people come to you and want to, want to discuss or have genuine questions? How, how open is, is this country? Mm, I feel like, yeah, it does happen a lot that people have some some comments or some questions. and But I feel like that's because they are very uneducated. I feel like in Denmark, the even the young people don't learn much about the Islam, for instance. And they have a lot of questions like, can you show your hair to your father? Do you shower with the hijab on? Where I'm like, okay, it's a bit worrying that you think these things. But yeah, I, it does happen often. And people say, wow, you're the first one that I talk to who wear the hijab. Where I get so surprised because there is a lot of women who in, in Denmark who wear the hijab. And to, for me to be the first one, that I find that's very surprising. Could you tell if it's more younger or older people? That mm, For me, it's more to. younger people who have a lot of Christians and don't know a lot about Islam. And sadly, what they hear in the news, they be- also believe that that is the truth. Um, and I feel like that's just a sad thing that the media is is giving such a negative representation of of us Muslims. If you could maybe compare um, your situation to the situation of your parents, yeah. uh, how do you think the the country has changed in in the views mm-hmm. of, of Muslim? Yeah, people? I think beforehand people were more. They had more of a filter. They wouldn't be more direct or ask such questions. But I also think because that time when my parents came to Denmark, it was very normal that there were a lot of people with another cultural background because people came to work in Denmark. Denmark needed some extra work, so they would bring people from all kinds of countries. And I think they were more used to it. But then after some years, these people that started by immigrating, they got children and their children got children. And I feel like a lot of people was like, okay, we don't need you anymore. We don't need you to just go back to your country. Well, you can't tell tell anybody who came to work here to go back to their country. It's normal for them to start making families, and it's their life is now in in Denmark. So I feel like the older generation understood it more because they could see that we do need some some immigrants to take some jobs. But I do feel like the new generation can be yeah tolerant but I'd also feel like they're very uneducated because then I feel like the media is contributing to a very negative picture of us Muslims I really think so um, can you think of something that would help to improve that in a society because I can imagine it's not only a problem like what you have to mm. deal with but it touches many more people mm. yeah it's hard It's hard. I wish I wish I had some, you know, the recipe or the real. Let's just do that. I think. Um, what could you do? I always feel like that people like me who wear the hijab who feel free, but who isn't afraid to show it, should have more speech time in today's media. I often feel like it's the people who takes a lot of distance from Islam and criticizes Islam, who so give gets all the TV show and who gets on the news and gets uh, written about in the papers and us normal people who can balance out being religious, wearing the headscarf, not wearing the headscarf either way. 
and working and integrating and being a part of society, we can balance it out. We don't get a lot of speech time today. Um, so I feel like you need also some positive stories, not only the negative stories to, to balance it out and give it a real insight of how it is to be a Muslim and live in a, in a non-Muslim country. Yeah, thank you very much, Linda, for coming. You're welcome. Uh, it was nice. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> that would be it for today. Thank you for listening to us. We will be back next week with the next episode of Humans of SDU. In the meantime, come find us on social media. You can find Humans of SDU on Facebook and Instagram, where you can learn more about our project. Have a great week and see you next Wednesday.